1: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you all with us. we would grown accustomed to having a game every day or every other day, but there's finally a breather in the action, so we get to do some more feature-length interviews. And today, a very special one. I've got former college coach and NBA player, Brad Holland with me. Brad is someone that I worked with early in my broadcasting career. And you might ask yourself, well, why is a guy from the West Coast who played at UCLA and coached at University of San Diego a part of the Hornets Hivecast? Well, I'll tell you why. He has some significant connections to... Hornets head coach James Borrego and current Hornets star rookie LaMelo Ball. The first game I broadcast on television for basketball was with Coach Holland. It was Chino Hills High School's section championship game when all three Ball brothers were together. And yes, that means LaMelo Ball, who is a rookie now in the NBA, was a high school rookie, so to speak. He was a freshman on that team. So we're going to talk to Coach about what it was like seeing freshman LaMelo Ball and seeing him now here in the NBA. And also, when he was a coach at the University of San Diego, one of the players on his team was James Borrego. In fact, after he was done with his playing career, James then went on to his coaching staff. So we're excited to talk with Coach Holland about both JB and LaMelo. Without further ado, Coach, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you. Well, let's go straight to JB because he's obviously had an outstanding career thus far. Getting to the ranks of NBA head coaches is no small feat and he's had a lot of success early in his career. What kind of player though was he on your team?
0: Well, he was the smallest power forward I've ever coached. <laughs> you know, JB is really not that tall but he was a walk-on. He came to us as a transfer student-athlete, and he wanted to pursue his academics differently at the University of San Diego. So he transferred, called ahead, said, hey, I'd really like to try out for the team and be a part of it if I could. We said, sure. And so he obviously made the squad and didn't get a whole lot of time in his career, but He was very respected by all his teammates and coaches and definitely was a contributor in terms of leadership. So I really didn't know much about JB until he he came to us, and we became very close as a player coach. And as I said before, not only myself, but everyone had great respect when he was with us in the program.
1: When he came, you mentioned he was coming to San Diego where you were the head coach to continue his academic career. Did you get the sense that part of that was to get into coaching and to learn from someone who had obviously become a college coach but had been in the business and had been to the NBA prior and maybe could lead him in that direction?
0: You know, I'm not sure he calculated all that and I'm not sure I realized that when we were coaching him at the beginning, but The years that he was with us, it became very apparent how he thought the game and how he tried to execute what we were doing. So he became a vital part of the scout team. And, you know, that's very important in college because we have a few days to prepare for an opponent and they run the opponent's offense and defense. And he was crucial in all of that to help us prepare for the upcoming opponent. So he began to think like a coach and you could see that. And I'm not sure at what point I realized, oh man, this guy wants to coach, but he showed signs of that certainly. And then when he graduated, he came to me and he said, coach, what do you think about me being a grad assistant, joining your staff? And I said, yeah, I said, would love for you to do that, James. And so that's really how it happened, which is pretty unusual for a walk on. That really didn't receive time on the floor. But we thought, gosh, it'd be great to have him as part of our coaching staff as well because he, what he did as a student athlete in his years with us proved that he was interested in coaching and we loved having him around us.
1: Can't overestimate how big of a jump that has to be going from walk on player to coach. It takes a special kind of person, I would think, to be able to go from someone who was not really getting on the floor to then telling those on the floor who were on the team with him what to do.
0: That's very astute. You know, I think what was helpful for James is he saw David Fisdale go through that because David, and a lot of your fans will know who David Fisdale is, but David went through the same process, and David had learned, you know, I cannot be their friend anymore. And sometimes an assistant is a confidant to a player, but you can't be their friend. You have to be able to coach them hard and separate yourself as a player from a coach. And James, I think, learned really well from David through that process, and so James assimilated very quickly with that. JB is a special guy. He really is. He made that transition, in my view, very, very easily. I think it was harder for Fizz to make that transition at first because Fizz and I talked about that, but James made it quickly, and he was more mature beyond his age at that point. And in my estimation. And so he he made that transition quickly and and had the respect of the players now as a coach as opposed to being a teammate.
1: That was a heck of a staff you had, Coach. Yeah, David Fisdale, James Borrego, Sam Schull, who's the current head coach at the University of San Diego. You had a pretty good crew there, a very young one, but a pretty good crew of assistants.
0: Oh, that was, those were some good years having those guys beside me. And and helping us recruit and coach our guys. We developed a strong program with their help, and I loved having former guys that played in our program to be with us, and, and Fizz and James were you know, perfect examples of that.
1: Well, I want to talk more with you about James Borrego and what you saw in him early and how he started to make that transition towards the NBA. Also, we're going to be talking about LaMelo Ball because the first time you and I – Got to meet and work with one another, talking about you leading a rookie coach into the profession. You led a rookie broadcaster into TV, play-by-play, because play, my first basketball game was a section championship in Southern California, Chino Hills High School, featuring a freshman named LaMelo Ball. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit as well, but want to remind all our fans that you should be sure to tune in and watch every Hornets game with the current Almost fully grown, we think he's still growing, LaMelo Ball and the Hornets live on Fox Sports Southeast as well as the Fox Sports Go app. And of course, you can listen to the games on WFNZ and the Hornets mobile app. Brad Holland, my guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast, the former head coach at the University of San Diego, where he was the head coach and first boss of the current Hornets coach, James Borrego. And, Coach, when I got this job here with the Hornets, you were one of the first people I talked to, and you told me a story about JB, about a a significant thing that happened in your life and how JB, even though he was a walk-on was one of the first people you told. Can can you tell the story again for our fans?
0: Sure, he was the first I told. My father passed away right in the middle of the season. And in preparation for our next opponent was none other than the Zags up at Tokan, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. So my dad was very ill. Team knew about it. I was going back and forth to Tucson to see him in his final days. And then he passed on a Sunday morning after we just played a weekend of a couple games in conference. And the interesting thing is JB was a captain of our team. And that's significant because, first of all, being a captain to me as a, as a head coach, and I was captain at UCLA, is it's a very cherished position and should be very well thought out. There were teams, Sam, where I didn't have a captain because I didn't think anybody was deserving. But James was deserving of this particular year. And obviously, the significance is he didn't play much. And yet, he had all of the respect from everyone in the program. His work ethic, his smarts, his relational abilities with his teammates. I mean, everybody just loved JB. So he was a captain. And my dad passed away. My mom called me. I was home in San Diego. And she called and told me the news. And so I I hopped in a car, packed a couple things, drove uh, out to tucson to be with my mom and i i called jb from the car He's was the one person i called and i said james uh, my father passed and I, re- I really need you to gather the guys together we've got an important week coming up playing gonzaga i need all of your help to send my sentiments that i'm sorry i can't be with him for a few days but help us practice and and make sure we we still are going to be prepared and so James was like, sure, coach, no problem. He felt felt terrible for me and all that. And so I communicated with our staff back and forth during those few days while I was in Tucson helping my mother. And, and then I actually didn't fly up to meet the team in Spokane until game day, which is Thursday morning. And so James and the coaches felt the guys were prepared. And uh, I really didn't know what to expect. And so we went up in there, and the Gonzaga, of course, had a typically great Team that went to the Sweet 16 that year, and we just played amazing. And it was one of my my best memories. Is even though you know I lost my dad, we went up there in the the kennel and really kind of beat Gonzaga pretty good. We were up 21 at one point, and to do that against Gonzaga on the road is pretty amazing. And so our guys were really inspired. I'm sure James had a part in that, but all the guys came together and we had a great victory. And, you know, the players afterwards said, Coach, that was for you. And it was probably the most touching part of my coaching career and something I'll remember, and J.B. was a big part of that.
1: Brad Holland with us today here on the Hornets Hivecast, former player at UCLA as well as in the NBA and the college coach and first boss of current Hornets coach James Borrego. I I just think that's such an amazing story to have that kind of relationship, again, with the walk-on. It wasn't an assistant coach. It wasn't the star player that was the first call. It was someone who was struggling maybe to get into games, but you had that level of trust in him. Going back earlier in your career, you, I believe, were the last player ever recruited by John Wooden to UCLA, and later went on to the NBA, you were a first-round pick, and had a a playing career with the Lakers and two other teams, but eventually made it back to coaching. Was there aspects of your relationship with Coach Wooden and the men who followed him that you saw in your relationship with JB as a member of your team and later your staff?
0: Oh, sure. I mean, that all comes together, you know, six degrees of separation. My high school coach, Ed Gorgin, who was an incredible coach to play for, and then Coach Wooden were my two greatest mentors in coaching, and I I don't claim to, in any way, shape, or form, think that I coached like them or was nearly as good as they were, but You know, I tried to impart some things that I learned through them with our guys. And I I hope along the way, you know, JB saw some things that maybe he'd like to keep through his experiences with the USD program and myself. But that was obviously very early on in his coaching career. I'm happy to have been a part of it and give him an introduction to coaching. I hope that was valuable to him. We haven't really talked about that much, but I hope it was for his experiences he's going through now.
1: When he made the jump in 2003 to the NBA, he goes to the San Antonio Spurs and the staff of Greg Popovich. How did that connection happen? You know, what involvement was yours and did you help lead him to the NBA or did you help make a call for him?
0: Well, USD has a rich history with the NBA and Mike Brown who obviously has been an assistant for Greg Popovich and a head coach in the league and been coaching in the league a long time, was an assistant for Greg Popovich at the Spurs at the current time. And so Mike Brown was a very good player at USD. And so we contacted Mike and James was very interested in being on the lower level assistant video coordinator type thing. And so that's what happened. I mean, he got his shot through Mike Brown talking to Pop. So Mike Brown deserves all the credit on that. That's how it happens, right? It's it's who you know. You just need a chance. And so, obviously, Pop fell in love with James and his work ethic. Again, his intelligence, how he sees the game, how he can communicate. You probably know, but Mano Ginobili and and. James became very close, and James worked really hard in helping him develop his game. and a lot of people don't know that, but you know that was that was key for the Spurs.
1: What was the conversation like when he was preparing to go to the NBA?
0: I think he looked at our staff, which was fairly young, and the ability to move up in college could take years, depending on if guys stay and most college teams, try to have continuity of staff, which creates continuity in the way you coach your guys, continuity in the way you recruit, in the relationships you built with players. And so sometimes it takes years to wait to move up. And as I said, you know James was not part of the recruiting and getting out in the road and things like that. So who knows what would happen if JB stayed? I would imagine he'd have moved up eventually. there's well, there's no doubt about that, but he was interested in the league, USD, has a lot of assistant coaches. Mike Brown then became a head coach and so on and so forth. So it's been neat to see that some of our players that I coached go on and coach in the league. It's been really good. It's really good and, and satisfying for me.
1: And now he's got a team that leads the NBA in assists plays this very team-oriented style of basketball in a league that oftentimes fans perceive it as a lot of one-on-one or, or that's the focus individual stars what are your thoughts when you watch the hornets now and do you ever see a player an action are like hey he took that from me
0: <laughs> uh, I, I don't think so sam i don't but That's why I said earlier, I hope in some way I helped him and then something that he might use. But we usually were among the uh, conference leaders, even with Gonzaga in the league, of where we were leading in assists, we were leading in field goal percentage, we shared the ball well. But I think, I think honestly, most of that style of play has come, because the league is different than college, I think has come from Greg Popovich. I mean, what, what a master to learn from. I don't know if you can learn from a better coach in that regard. So I think a lot of that comes from his Spurs training and sharing the ball, a lot of movement and a lot of team play and taking good percentage shots and so on and so forth. So that training comes from the Spurs, I'm quite sure.
1: One of the benefactors from that style of play now is Lamelo Ball, who is currently on the Hornets, and who you saw as a high school freshman. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but obviously with Lamelo on the team and this exciting style of play, the buzz is building for the Charlotte Hornets and season ticket packages for next season, the 2021-2022 season, are available. You can guarantee your price right now. For more information, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative. We've got Brad Holland with us today here on the Hornets Hivecast, who in his illustrious basketball career was a star player at UCLA, went on to play in the NBA after being a first-round draft pick, and then was a head coach in college of James Borrego at one point, as well as many other fantastic players who went on to careers in the NBA and went on to coaching careers. After that, he went into broadcasting. And he was my first basketball partner for a regional television game. And that game happened to be the section championship in Southern California, the year that Chino Hills kind of swept the nation in terms of attention. Specifically around the ball brothers it was the year all three were on the same team they would go undefeated and we got to call one of those section championship games. I actually watched it back last night coach and it is unreal watching a five foot ten five foot eleven lamello ball who you know very much looks like a little kid out there but had a, a grown man's game already in terms of what he could do with the basketball. What are your recollections of seeing that? or 15-year-old LaMelo ball?
0: Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of flair, didn't he? He was fearless. He wanted the ball, and he did a lot of things with it, didn't he? I mean, he shot from Steph Curry range, made some, some really good passes, but... I think you and I both sat there and go, this guy's a freshman and their style of play, right? With the Ball Brothers and throwing at length of the court, trying to get up a shot within three or four seconds of every possession. (laughs) It was an amazing display. But I just remember this little kid that you could see was going to be special. Just the way he he played with that flair and that enthusiasm and that fearlessness of, I can do this. I I can do this against seniors in in a big spotlight. You know, that was at the old pond, you know, at Anaheim, big arena, CIF championship game. He was big enough for that stage, wasn't he?
1: Oh, he most definitely was. And the talent level that was on the floor that game, just some of the names. Obviously, his brothers were there. Lonzo is currently in the NBA, a lottery pick. Also on that team, Onyeko Kongwu, Another lottery pick. He was a freshman, too. He was very impressive as well. Their other brother, Leangelo Ball, who is going into the G League bubble. On the other team, Cody Riley, who went to UCLA. Remy Martin, who is a superstar at Arizona State. DeVerell Ramsey, who went to Nevada and now is a very good player at the University of California, Santa Barbara. There was a ton of talent, and yet this 14-year-old kid, who clearly had not hit a growth spurt yet, like it 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 was coming we could tell cuz he had super long arms and limbs but he was not tall by any stretch and yet he stood out with his ability to shoot the basketball I mean he was fearless with the shot and his handles and ability to squeeze into small lanes to get shots up at weird angles and finish them it really did stand out at the time and watching it back it's just funny to, to see, like, wow, he could do this then, and now look at him—he's six foot seven, six foot eight. No wonder he's doing this to established NBA veterans.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I think both you and I looked at each other and go, "Wow, this kid is going to be something." I mean, so quick, as you said, could really, really handle the ball. It had incredible range had some command out there as this little freshman and as if he'd done it many, many times before in his life. And it was something else, you know, to, to, to witness. And of course, Lonzo looked awesome in that game and their style of play. That's what sticks out to me. But LaMelo Ball is proving to be that special player, isn't
1: he? It certainly is. One part of that style of play that he has brought to the NBA and this Hornets team is the full court pass. And I remember from my brief career as a high school basketball player, if I didn't want to play and specifically wanted to get yelled at by the coach in addition to not wanting to play that day, all I would need to do is throw a pass from underneath my own defensive basket towards someone on the offensive end because inevitably it was going out of bounds and I was going to sit down. LaMelo and that Chino Hills team did that frequently, if not more often than not, if the opportunity was there and completed them more often than not. Seeing him do it now, it's obvious that he's had some practice at this, and it's honestly changed the game a little bit because he's throwing touchdown passes, and not only is he doing it, but his teammates are starting to do it, and do it to him, and do it successfully.
0: Yeah, that that was a skill that was coached at Chino Hills, and it was unusual to see it. But yeah, I, I, I can see where he would carry that on because it's different especially if you're successful and especially if you're fearless in doing it. You know, you've got to try it several times and risk some turnovers, but once you get good at it, it can be really meaningful. And so what it does with that ability that LaMelo has to make that kind of pass, Magic Johnson, by the way, who I was blessed to play with a couple of years, uh, had the same skill. And so what that does is... His teammates are like, I'm getting out and running. I'm moving up the floor because I got a chance to get a touchdown and a dunk on somebody. And so it's motivation to the players that he's he's with it during the game to go, I'm going to get out and go because I know it can be delivered. So that's, that's meaningful.
1: Did you have an inkling or, as a talent evaluator, believe that you were looking at a lottery pick or – a potential Rookie of the Year and transformational star potentially for a franchise when you were watching that high school freshman?
0: Oh, certainly, because of all the players that I've seen over all the years, right? This young guy certainly stood out, and he wasn't that tall, but he was super thin. You could see the length of his arms. You could see the size of his hands and feet that he was clearly going to grow. You could see it as a college evaluator. You know, you see enough guys, you watch them closely. And that's what you have to do in college. You have to project. You know, you have to project not what he is now at 15 years old. What is he going to be like when he's 18, when he's a senior, if he's not a one and done guy? It was clear to me that he was going to develop physically. And he had so much skill as a freshman in high school. And, you know, we've heard that he's a super hard worker, loves to play, loves to work out. So it's like this kid is going to be something.
1: And maybe the thing that stands out most about him from then to now is how much that love of the game and dedication to the game has propelled him. Because I have always thought that ranking high school freshmen – for recruiting boards or future NBA draft boards was ridiculous because, one, you don't know if they're going to hit their growth spurts. You think they are, but you don't know. And also, there's always the potential to take your foot off the gas. If everyone's telling you you're awesome, why do I need to work hard? And LaMelo just has an insatiable appetite for the game, asking questions of his teammates and knowledge and improving. Now you see that it wasn't just a moment or a glimpse in time. He was able to take all that skill and not allow it all to go to his head, but just continue to work on his game to the point that he is now. And that obviously bodes well for what he can do now that he's learning by doing at this level three, four games a week, he continues to get better and better.
0: Yeah, I think in his upbringing, having older brothers, I think that's a big motivation. Lamello has always played against much older guys. And if you're a worker, that's only going to make you better and tougher. And you look at his career and you look at his circuitous route to the NBA. It wasn't a normal route, right? (laughs) I mean, for him to continue to develop rapidly says a lot about him, his character, his work ethic, and what he's doing now and impressing his coaches by all of that. It's great to hear a guy like that, how seriously he takes the game, respects it, and wants to be the best. i got to imagine Michael Jordan's got to be pretty proud of that, too, to see what this young guy's about.
1: It's certainly a lot of fun to see him now and to have those memories of watching him then and to talk to you about him as well. Brad Holland, former player at UCLA with the Lakers, a college head coach, a broadcaster, with some significant connections to current player LaMelo Ball and, of course, our head coach, James Borrego, who he was the coach of and the first boss of early in his career. Coach Holland, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank
0: you, Sam. Appreciated the talk. Be well.
1: And thanks to all of you for joining us as well. We look forward to having you back with us tomorrow. Till then, for Coach Brad Holland, my guest, and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us, and thanks for tuning in to the Hornets Hivecast.